Good morning, folks. Welcome to our Super Bowl kickoff show. Tom Scavetta here with Kyle Russo, Gabe Fleeton, James Montefusco, and the chief superfan himself, Paul Lombardi. Fellas, good morning. Thank you all so much for joining me. Absolutely. Happy to be here, Tom. Hey, good morning, well. boys. Good morning, everybody. It's been one heck of a year. A lot of people didn't think we'd get to a Super Bowl, but we did. So congratulations on that. And Paul, congratulations to your Kansas City Chiefs for making it. I want to start with you. How are you feeling? I'm excited. I just want to, I want to see a good game. You know, last year was a little bit more intense, I feel like, because it was the first Super Bowl I've ever uh, been able to root for my team in. So this year kind of just like taking it taking it slow and you know um just want to see a, a fun game hopefully we can win back to back but we'll see hope i hope so too for your case it would definitely be a great thing to do it's definitely tough to win back to back uh big games but remember folks give us a follow on facebook at review and preview sports follow us on instagram subscribe to us on our youtube channel at review and preview sports and the anchor.fm slash review and preview all our social media platforms. And for listener support, uh, you can subscribe to our page at anchor.fm slash review and preview slash support, as you can see on our ticker below. And um, you know what? I kind of want this to be an open discussion. I'll just kind of be like the uh, moderator in this. So um, quickly, before we start, uh, I just want to let everybody know that at 11 a.m., Eastern time. JDF Sports will be having their own Super Bowl kickoff show hosted by Kevin Fitz, Fonz Falco. Make sure to go check those guys out on their Facebook live stream. We will plug that in a couple more times. But uh, And if the audience has any questions, comments, feel free to ask them. Uh, definitely will be uh, really appreciated. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. So guys, let's go over some Super Bowl history. The Super Bowl's been, it's been a very historic game. Gabe, I want to start with you. Um, Because I know you'll be with us through about almost half the show. So um, tell us, man, I mean, the Chiefs have only the Chiefs and the Bucks are two teams. They've only been here a couple of times each. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish for for uh, my team, the Vikings, they could have been back here for over the course of the last 30 years. The Chiefs have gotten back here twice in in the last two years. Vikings haven't seen it in over 30. So, Paul. I'm really rooting for you. I want to see somebody's team win. But for me, it's it's just Brady Mahomes. I'm just so excited that us, as you know, fans of the game, can be able to watch those two guys go at it. Last year's game, it wasn't a great quarterback matchup with Jimmy G. This year, I think this is probably the best quarterback matchup you'll ever see in a Super Bowl, uh, probably in this century. The history shows that the Chiefs, they're 2-1 and one all-time in the big game. And the Chiefs, they actually lost the first-ever Super Bowl to the Green Bay Packers, 35-10. But then two years later, Gabe, they would win Super Bowl three, 23-7 over your Minnesota Vikings. So I think you and Paul have a little mini rivalry in, in your own there. So, A little bit. I mean, it was so long ago, man. The Vikings were like one of, they actually were one of the teams where they made the most Super Bowls out of any team in the entire NFL through maybe like – 10 years of the Super Bowl existing. They were at four of the first 10 or so, and then just never made it back. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I think, um, like if we were around for that, for that time back when the Vikings and chiefs played, that would have been interesting, but there's, there's no doubt the Vikings and chiefs have both are both franchises that in the beginning of the Super Bowl era made it to a few, you know, we had the chiefs, uh, lost the first Super Bowl and then won, no, then won the fourth one, and it took them fifty years to even make it back last year, uh, and they were able to win again. So you know the Vikings' time might be coming soon. If if <laughs> I we think so, see anything from the Chiefs? That's that, that's a good point for sure, guys. It's still winter wonderland outside up here in the Northeast. I don't know about you guys, but the snow is coming down. It's like we're supposed to get like five to ten inches today. I heard so. Yeah, something like that. Buckle up. It's gonna be a uh, going to be a very uh win, win three super bowl sunday for sure yeah definitely on top of the foot we got last week yeah yeah 
Um, which is crazy because after the Chiefs, they they made two out of the first three Super Bowl. They wouldn't win another playoff game until 1991. It took them 50 years to get back to the big game, which was last year, where they beat the San Francisco 49ers 31 to 20. And Paul, in this game, they trailed 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter. It looked like San Francisco controlled the game, but the Chiefs would outscore the 49ers 21 nothing in the fourth quarter of that game. Patrick Mahomes would win the MVP. Damian Williams, with over 100 yards rushing, had two touchdowns. And then Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill went off. Just talk about that game, how that made you feel, and those guys in particular, how their performance last year could potentially translate into today. Well, it was definitely nerve-wracking for sure. Um, especially going into the fourth quarter because the Chiefs really couldn't get anything going until the fourth quarter. There was no doubt about that. You know, it was 20 to 10 going into it. It was 10 to 10 at halftime. Um, the 49ers had such an elite defense last year that they it wasn't even necessarily the Chiefs' fault, Mahomes' fault or anything. They just couldn't get anything going. The 49ers defense was just was completely dominating them. And all it took was that bomb downhill from Mahomes to Tyreek to to get the spark going. And the I'm telling you, the the difference maker in that game was Jimmy G missing um who was in Emmanuel Sanders downfield uh when he was open. If he completes that pass, 49ers might win the Super Bowl. They the 49ers still had opportunities. They weren't able to do it. Kendall Fuller had the huge interception that ended up locking up the game. Um I think so you know, Mahomes was able to get going, but it was it was close throughout the entire thing. And the Chiefs' defense came up huge, though, too. Chris Jones had a few blocked passes. Um, he had an amazing game. Like that was that was really his coming out party, I think, to the rest of the league as an elite defensive lineman. You know, everybody knew the name, maybe not have maybe have not seen him play, but he came up so clutch. And that was one of the few instances where you see one player on a defense completely take over the game. He, he did just that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the chiefs have so many weapons. Hey, let's get to a comment, James uh, Fitz. What's up, buddy. Kevin Fitz from JDF sports uh, tuning in. Thank you so much for the promotion last night. That was excellent. I know we, we both had a late night prepping for our shows. Make sure to go check out him and JDF Sports at 11 a.m. Eastern. So once we're off the air here, you're going to want to go switch over to them on Facebook Live. It's going to be a lot of fun. They have an action-packed show for you guys as well. So make sure, our listeners, if you're watching us, make sure to go check them out. Uh, They're excellent over there. Kyle, you've been kind of quiet in the corner. I know you've been doing (laughs) some production work for us over the first few minutes of the show. We really appreciate that. But um, the history shows that, it's going to be really tough for the Chiefs to pull this off. I, the last team to win back-to-back bowls was the New England Patriots when Tom Brady, oddly enough, was their quarterback in 3 4 Now we look at the Bucs. They're 1-0 in the big game in 2002. They beat the Oakland Raiders 48-21. to That was Super Bowl twenty-seven, and their head coach was John Gruden. And in that game, the Bucs defense forced five. Not one, two, three, four, five. Rich Gannon interceptions. And now the Bucs make their first Super Bowl appearance in 18 years. Kyle, talk about the history of potentially going back to back and Tampa Bay's defense in this game. Well, Tom, like you alluded to, it's it's not very common, but I think as we all see this matchup, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if that is the case based on how elite. You know, this head coaching staff is for Kansas City, how elite the offensive weapons are out there. Patrick Mahomes has only been in the league now, what, three, four years, and I think it's almost guaranteed that he's a Hall of Famer if he keeps up with this pace. Tyree Kill is emerging as probably the best overall wide receiver in the NFL. Travis Kelsey led the league, I think, all-time record for most receiving yards by a tight end in NFL history this year with about 1,200. It's just naturally unheard of. This team, their weakness, they don't necessarily have a run game, but they have a likes of uh, Clyde edwards Hilaire, uh Le'Veon Bell, the, the wide receiver list goes on and on. McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, uh, Demarcus Robinson. I don't know if he's playing today, but that, that that's, that's the lineup they have along the likes of Andy Reid and the defense, and I could keep on going on and on and on. We wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but with Tampa, 
the Tom Brady factor, right? The Tom Brady factor. It, it, there's no statistical data. There's no analytics. There's nothing to look at. If Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, you have to give them a legitimate shot and say that this is going to be a great Super Bowl in which they can compete in. On top of the fact, this is the first Super Bowl ever to be played in a home team's arena. They're playing at Roger James Stadium, I believe. That's the name mm-hmm. of it. Raymond. 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 Raymond James. Raymond James Stadium. That's a huge factor as well in terms of Tampa Bay having the edge potentially. You know, both of these both these coaches have been in Super Bowl appearances before Bruce Arians back in the day with uh, Pittsburgh, I believe, as long as well as with. Did he go with the Colts as well? Was he on that uh, roster as well? I know he's with Pittsburgh, but I don't believe if he was with the Colts at the time. Uh, then you have Andy Reid, right? He's been to a few Super Bowls. He was with there. He played against Tom Brady when they played uh, when he was the coach of Philly, and he just won last year as well. So they all have pedigree, they all have experience, and they're all great head coaches as well. Tampa. Where the edge comes from Tampa, again, and Paul will get into this a little bit later, that offensive line is the probably the biggest question mark going into this game right now. What are they going to do? Because ultimately the biggest factor in this game, potentially as crazy as it sounds, is I think it's ultimately Mike Remmers, the left tackle, because he's going to be lined up against JPP, who, you know, a little bias here, former Giant. I'd love to see him put another ring on his finger. But if he cannot stop him, and Patrick Mahomes, again, we don't know if he's 100% after that turf toe injury, even though he could scramble in the pocket. If you cannot stop him, if you can't contain Devin White, what is this team going to be able to do? Because, Paul, and you'd be able to further state this, Tampa uh, – not Tampa. Kansas City is missing four of their starting offensive line out of the five that they started off with in the beginning of the season. I believe that's the case. Or who they would have had in terms of their starters? I could be wrong when I say that. Yeah, I think it's four out of five. So if, as it as far as the beginning of the season when Laurent Duvernay Tardif opted out, including him, it's four out of five. Yeah, the only the only one we have is Austin Ryder, the center. Gabe, you know a thing or two about Mike Remmers, and so do James <laughs> and I. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny to think about. Talk to me about um, talk to me about Mike Remmers and the impact he's going to have in this game because he's also playing out of position. Yeah, out of position. I mean, his real position is backup, and he should be there like every week because, from experience as a Vikings fan, Mike Remmers was our right tackle for I believe it was the year we had Case Keenum and we went all the way to the NFC Championship, and I think he was there for a couple years before that as well, and. Just through the course of his career in Minnesota, missed blocks was normal. You you would see you would see a sack and you would immediately look at who's the one who's first to pick up the quarterback. It was usually Mike Remmers. That's a bad sign. Uh, pass blocking at left tackle is is the hardest thing to do in football. It's why they get paid the most money. That is a liability at left tackle, in my opinion. And I think uh, Jason Pierre-Paul could put another ring on if he can fit it on his fingers, if Mike Remmers can't, can't perform today. Excellent analysis, Gabe. And way to uh, put the icing on the cake there at the I, end. Hey. I had to add that in. I just, because when Kyle said that, I don't think he knew, realized when he said it was, uh, was how Jason Pierre. Paul. I wasn't saying it like that. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh because I'm like, Jason Pierre Paul on his fingers. I don't know. His two, two rings might be too many for him. Uh, let's get back to that comment from Brian Attard. Uh, morning, guys. Great stuff. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Hey, Brian, uh, thank you so much for watching. Make sure to go check out Brian and his network over at The Sports Box. They do a lot of excellent podcasts. They've interviewed a lot of great people. Brian is from the South Central South Jersey area. We had him on one of our shows, in the uh, I think, last month. So uh, thanks a lot, Brian, and hope you enjoy yours as well. That Andy, that's a bad sign. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> Not to dwell on Mike Rimmers, but all five of us have had him as a starting offensive lineman. It's something that all five of us can have in common and discuss here. But uh, before we get into Gabe's pick, um, I want to just quickly run down how the Chiefs and Bucks both got here. So the Chiefs were 14 and 2 this year. They defeated the Browns in the divisional round of the playoffs, 22 to 17. Uh, the Chad Henney game where Patrick Mahomes left with an injury, a concussion that was in the divisional round. Henney took over and then they defeated the Buffalo Bills 38 to 24 in the AFC championship game at Arrowhead Stadium. Mahomes now has won two out of the last three 
AFC Championship game. So that was their road to today. Uh, and then, of course, a week ago today, it was a really interesting storyline that came out. Over 20 Chiefs players and staffers, including Patrick Mahomes, were scheduled to get a haircut with this barber who ended up testing positive for COVID-19 mid-haircut with Daniel Kilgore. And Kilgore had to stay home all week but tested negative. Paul, I believe he returned yesterday and is flying with and flew flew in with the team. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Um, his hair is not doing well, but he's back. Uh, <laughs> he, he posted a picture. He was like, he did. He got half a haircut, and yeah. and then the uh, then they you know found out and had to take him out. I don't know what he ended up doing. I guess we'll find out tonight if we can get a, a shot of him without his helmet on. But yeah, he's back. You know, he's going to he's definitely going to get some time on the offensive line too. There's a lot of, you know, as we alluded to, um, they there's no Eric Fisher, there's no Mitchell Schwartz. Our our offensive tackles are decimated for this game. Um, they they're going to go a lot of different ways. I think you're going to see, you know, Yasir Durant, the rookie, going to get some time. Uh. You know, Andrew Wiley's going to get some time. Wisniewski's going to get some time. Who was on the Super Bowl team last year? Uh, was on the Steelers at the beginning of this season. Got cut, and we brought him into the practice squad. They they're going to they're going to move in and out. And Remmers will a hundred percent start on as left tackle. We'll see how he does. If you know, worst comes to worst, he might get subbed out for somebody. They, there's going to be a lot of guys playing out of position, and they're going to have to like experiment with things. It's going to it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, I agree. It's definitely one of the keys to the game to watch, which we'll get into our keys to the game in just a few moments. But of course, another storyline, Chiefs outside linebackers coach Brett Reed, the son of Andy Reed, was involved in a multi-car accident Thursday night that left a five-year-old child with potentially life-threatening injuries, which is never good at all. That's terrible. Uh, you know, you wish your thoughts and prayers to the child and that family uh, and Brett as well. Hope he's doing okay. Uh, that's definitely alarming but before uh we get to Gabe's pick quickly here the Buccaneers uh they're a wild card team in the NFC they went 11 and 5 and the Bucks had a very interesting run to the playoffs they scored 30 plus points in each of their three playoff games they started off against Kyle Russo's closet Washington football <laughs> team <laughs> uh 31 to 23 in the wild card round and that was the Bucks first playoff win since the 2002 Super Bowl that they won. And the Bucks' last playoff appearance was against that guy in the background, if you could see his jersey, Eli Manning and our New York Giants. The Bucks lost that game in 2007. So it was great to see them beat Washington in advance. Then they beat the Saints in the divisional round, 30-20, to 20, a game where they trailed 20-10, to 10, but mm-hmm. scored 20 unanswered points. And then they do the impossible, according to the media. They beat Green Bay at Lambeau Field in the NFC Championship game, 31-26. to 26. I mean, I don't think it's that impossible to beat Green Bay and Lambeau. But uh, with that, the Bucks have now won seven straight. In fact, they haven't lost since Week 12 to the Chiefs. And, Gabe, we know the Bucks. they have a dynamic offense. They had a different leading receiver in each playoff game. But uh, what – three things. One – what makes the Bucks so special as a team? Two, um, which playoff game stuck out to you the most? And can we get your prediction for this game? Yeah, it's it's an excellent uh, group of questions there. I think for me, what makes the Bucks so special is obviously you have to you have to give a lot of credit to Tom Brady, but you have to give a lot of credit to everybody on the offense that does their job really well. Uh, it's a bunch of role players where, and I mean both sides of the ball, uh, everybody is doing their job. And with their offensive receiving core, that's my favorite part about Tampa Bay, is seeing guys like Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown step up and have big games. Like you said, everybody's led their team in receiving. And for me, a big X factor in this game is a guy like Scotty Miller. He's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Tyreek Hill, so to speak, with number 10. Uh, he runs a sub 4-4. Forty, I think, I think that's my favorite player to watch for this game for Tampa Bay because he's going to get a lot of snaps with Cameron Bray. I think is going to be out and Gronk kind of disappears in a lot of games. So expect Tom Brady to air the ball out to him a little bit. 
Um, my favorite playoff game to watch was probably I would go with the, the last game we saw the Packers, um, just because the Packers Bucks game. I like to see the Packers lose, uh, and that game was was really incredible. I think, I mean, ultimately, I think the score is going to be hey, on the on the high side. That's what the better the odds makers think. Over under fifty six and a half. I'm putting the, my score prediction as thirty four thirty one Tampa Bay. Uh, Tom Brady is going to be very stable in this game. I think he's going to make less mistakes uh, than the other side will, and I think that's ultimately what's going to lead them to a very, very narrow victory. Wow, look at that. And I think Sam Cardona agrees with you. I know uh, I was talking with her on the brew party last night, and she she picked Tampa Bay as well. So you two in a very – I know we had this discussion when we met up on Thursday for a few minutes, but – um, yeah, you know, I'm kind of glad you took Tampa Bay. That's definitely a gutsy thing to do, I, I think. <laughs> no, Andy, don't. <laughs> definitely don't. It's it's a bad idea. Keep your money in your wallet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. <laughs> Gabe, any, uh, any last wise words of wisdom? Uh, I'm just looking forward to the halftime show. You know, the weekend, seeing who he brings out as his special guest, be exciting. We'll see. But, guys, have fun <laughs> with the rest of the show. It's been a pleasure uh, coming on. This will probably be the last time I'm on for quite some time until the draft. So, peace out, everybody. <laughs> All right, Gabe. We will catch up with you soon as we get closer to the draft to talk about your Minnesota Vikings. For sure. The draft order. So, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, stay safe up there. I know Cornwall's supposed to get hit hard with that snow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard right now for sure. All right, guys, <laughs> have fun. Thanks, Gabe. Later, Gabe. All right, that was Gabe Flayton from Cornwall, New York, going out with a bum. And fun fact: uh, Tom Brady led teams in a big game have all been held scoreless in the first quarter, <laughs> except for one game. And we have a. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let's get to some of the comments. I want to get to Ben Cruz. I'll put that uh, up for you, Back Tom. from 10-16 morning, guys. What's a player on each team that hasn't been talked about much that comes up big today in the game? That's an excellent question by Ben. Good- Kyle, you're on the hot seat. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. What's a player that doesn't get talked about on each team? So I think that on Tampa side of things, defense – Probably an Antoine Winfield Jr. or probably a Carlton Davis because those guys are younger defensive guys. And we saw that in the Kansas City game alone, they both got exposed. But with the exception of that game, they both flourished as fantastic players this year, fantastic defensive players. It'll be really interesting to see, you know, second time around what Todd Bowles has to throw at these dynamic offensive weapons that Kansas City has. Because again, I think they played a lot of man, a one on one with. Uh, uh, with uh, Kansas City the first time, that's not going to work again. You you cannot allow Tyree Kill to go for 200 yards in the first quarter. That's that's probably Tampa, Kansas City, <sighs> Kansas City. I mean, all the names are talked about, right? Um, probably this, probably the secondary as well, because Paul and maybe maybe you'd agree with this, maybe you disagree, but that's probably one of the weaker stances on this team. I know Travarius Ward, Brashad Breland, they they both had decent seasons. But I don't think they were as good as Fuller last year uh, in the secondary cornerback position. So that would be something interesting to watch as well because we've seen that Tom Brady has that same kind of capability to air out the ball as we saw uh, two weeks ago against Kevin King, Scotty Miller, down the line at the end of the second quarter, um, hitting Antonio Brown a couple times deep this season as well. Uh, the speedster that he is, the fantastic route runner that he is. So that will be interesting matchups to see as well. So those would probably be my uh, – I know I gave a little more than two, but – Probably my two positions to watch out for this uh, today. Yeah, I like that, and I think that uh, you made a good point talking about the secondary too of the Chiefs. Um, definitely, the cornerbacks are not as deep uh, this year. We with Breland and Ward being the top ones. Um, Legarius Sneed is a guy that. 
I think I would go with for the Chiefs as being not so talked about. Uh, he's had three sacks in the playoffs so far, rookie cornerback out of Louisiana Tech. Uh, he's he's had an amazing season. He's been great in coverage. I think he's a, one of the future uh, cornerstones of our secondary, you know, along with obviously, you know, you got Tyron Matthew back there. I think Daniel Sorensen's not talked about as much. He makes huge plays. He he's always been a good player. I could like I can name I can name a ton for the Chiefs. Daryl Williams, I would say too for the uh, at running back. He got he with Clyde Edwards Hilaire out. He got the most touches and uh, at the beginning of the playoffs and performed amazing. He outtouched Le'Veon Bell. I think that he at this point is probably our number two. Le'Veon's probably our number three. I think Daryl was great. Um, and for for the uh, Buccaneers, I think Levante David. I mean, he's low key one of the best linebackers in uh, the NFL. I think he's a captain of that defense. He's an anchor of that defense. Um, you know, the the a lot of the big names like JPP, Damakong Su, like the those are the guys that that people think about when you think of the Buccaneers defense because of the big names. But I think Levante David is the best player on that defense. And I think that he, that him, uh, being the leader and being the cornerstone of the defense is going to be the key to trying to be able to shut down Mahomes and the high-powered offense. I like that. So for me, it's Shaq Barrett for Tampa Bay. Three sacks in the playoffs so far. Nobody's brought him up yet on the show, so I figured why now is probably a good time. And uh, for Kansas City, it's Sammy Watkins there's a good chance that uh, they're really going to hone in on Tyreek Hill in this game. That'll leave open targets, mouthful of targets for guys like Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins. So those are kind of my two, Ben, my, my two players that kind of fall under the radar. James, anything you'd like to add before we move on? Um, I would just watch out for AB. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's been talked about. He hasn't really, because you look at that Tampa Bay wide receiver core, you got, names that you could spit for days pretty much. And then you got Gronk, but he's more of the blocking tight end and him and Brady will hook up obviously. But I think it's a B that you're going to watch that he's going to surprise a lot of people. It's going to be more of, okay, they're going to go to Scotty Miller. Okay. And then Gronk. But I think some of the bigger plays watch out for a B. He, you're going to see him mixed into that, that scheme quite a bit. I have a feeling of. Absolutely. Uh, we have a brew party in the comments section right now. Uh, let's get to Hank. Greetings from the break room. <laughs> uh, Hank. There we go. 1029. There he is. What's up, Hank? Uh, Sam. Hank's here. Yep. Han- Andy and Sam. It was great doing the show with those three last night. You know, those three really make our, our comment section a lot. Uh, folks, feel free to comment, chime in when you may. We'll take any questions that you have uh, having a Coke, of course. Um Definitely an interesting beverage to have at 10.30 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> that's a Hank move, though. Yes. That's uh, that's one of it. Big shout out to Hank, though. He's making some money right now. Yeah, 100%. He, he's on the clock. So shout out, big shout out to him. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to say, it's been a very interesting morning so far. And just want to remind you all, at 11 a.m., make sure to hop over to JDF Sports. They have their uh, Super Bowl kickoff show live on their channel on Facebook. Make sure to go check them out. Uh, so tonight, the game airs at 6.30 p.m. on CBS. Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call. The Bucks, of course, first team NFL history to play the big game in their own stadium. This is also, Hank brought up this fun fact that we have to mention since he's not here. This is the first Super Bowl to feature two previous champion quarterbacks. Considering who the two quarterbacks are, it's definitely very fitting. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, that's never happened before. The two starting quarterbacks to play have previously won a championship and an MVP for that matter. That makes it even more insane. And when we talk about these two quarterbacks, Brady, of course, appearing in his 10th big game, six and three record. Two of those losses are to number 10 in the background. And without number 10, he'd be going for number 10 today. Um, Well, no, he'd be going for number nine. uh, Thanks to Nick Foles. But anyway, um, Brady has appeared in 18% of all big games. He's appeared in 
of the 55, and he's appeared in 48% of them since entering the league. And you know what's crazy? The man was so good in 2020. Everybody was like, oh, I'm I'm not sure if he's going to excel on this new team. It was Bill Belichick. But 36 of his completed passes this year went for 20 or more yards. He threw the ball down the field. I think Brady gets trademarked with a lot of his check down throws. That's not really who he is, in my opinion. Uh, You know, and that's what makes this game so interesting. Brady can throw the deep ball still. He's proven it. And the Chiefs have one of the best defenses in the league at defending the deep ball. So that makes this game really appealing. And, of course, we have Bruce Arians, who's a two-time uh, you know, Super Bowl champion, as an assistant head coach. Uh, and Andy says, uh, stairway to seven. What's with the finger, James? Hmm. Well, when time comes, when – Explain uh, yourself. Or, oh, I get excited. Oh, uh, uh, unless you're going to get into something I don't want to hear yet, that I don't want to hear it. But well, no, no, we we can get into it now. All right. So what is what what is this finger? So well, it's this finger. The, l- let let everybody be clear. It's not the other finger, right? Okay. So I just want to point that out to everybody. So don't get me wrong. Tom Brady's the goat. I have all full respect for him. He's done what probably a lot of people when he was drafted wasn't thinkable of doing winning so many rings going on probably to be a first ballot hall of famer you know probably getting inducted into the hall of fame once he retires most likely the thing is with tom brady he's won too much that he he needs to move on with his life you imagine he's won too much he's he's dominated the league uh here andy says here we go he's dominated the league for years up in new england thinking about looking at it Trying to figure it out, was it a Tom Brady or a Bill Belichick marriage? Well, I think we all can come to a conclusion. It was probably Tom Brady. Um, Bill Belichick just put the players and the ideas, and Tom Brady read the schemes on the field. That's my opinion. I, I, I just can't see Tom Brady in another Super Bowl, to be honest with you. I was hoping Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes, not Tom Brady. I was hoping anybody but Tom Brady, especially at his yeah. home stadium, especially being considered the home team, at his home stadium. Like, come on. We couldn't – no other team could step up and beat this guy? I mean, let's be real. I mean, you, you got to find ways to beat this guy. But without all due respect, I'm happy for him. He, I mean, TB12, his thing, I don't know if you guys have ever seen or tried any of his stuff, but he makes a phenomenal product um, with that. But, listen, he's to go – I have all due respect for him, but it's just about time he moves on and the kids run the league and not a 42, 43-year-old guy still playing until he's probably going to be 50 to 60. Let the kids play. Exactly. Somebody for winning. That was your argument. I hate him because he wins too much. Well, I I mean, to be honest, because then my sister, uh, somebody asked my sister who she was rooting for, and she said Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. They're like, why? Are you a Jet fan? She's like, no, I'm a Giant fan. And the person says, well, Giants beat him twice. Yes, I understand that but I would like some more losses on his record. Gotcha. That way the Giants are the only ones to beat him outside of Philly. Understood. Yeah. I mean, Philly just got lucky with the Philly special, to be honest with you. But. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, I mean, when you look at the history of sports, going back to baseball, going back to basketball, going back to football, the linchpin of dominance has been around six rings. Uh Tom Brady has six rings. Michael Jordan had six rings. Mm -hmm. Uh, LeBron's got four. Derek Jeter had five, so on, so on. You know, you can go back to like the early days, you know, when Bill Russell had like 10 and stuff. But in the the common era, if Tom Brady wins his seventh ring, he that's that's a feat that's almost that's something that we like that we haven't seen in the past 40, 50 years. It's something that we that know. sports fan has seen a dominance like that in somebody's career you know i think i think this championship would be so huge it's like it's moving past michael jordan as you know as being most dominant in in their sport especially in a in an era where there's 32 teams you know bill russell won 10 rings but back when he played there was 12 to 15 teams in the nba um so i think that's that's really what's on the line and that's what's so 
that's that's the thing that's been so interesting to me is the is coming to the fact that if he does win this, that's his seventh ring. And there's just something about a seventh ring moving past those greats. I mean, obviously it's a different sport, but we're talking about like the best players of all time in their in their collective sport. It's it's incredible. It really is. Yeah. No, for sure. Folks, if you're just joining us now, make sure to share this podcast with your family, friends. Really appreciate it. Make sure to chime in in the comments section. Uh, we appreciate it. We're going to be here previewing the big game for uh, a little bit longer. Andy's last comment, he threw for 40 TDs and 4,600 yards. I don't think he's done. Um, well, that's obvious. I think he's coming back yeah, no. win or lose today. I think Brady wants to play till at least 45. He's currently 43. Um and then I just wanted to say, we just mentioned how Bruce Arians has won two rings as an assistant. Andy Reid mm-hmm. is coaching in his third big game. All of them have come in Florida. He's 1-1 one one in the big game, 0-1 oh against Tom Brady, but that loss was almost two decades ago at this point. So I think you can kind of throw that out the window. Uh, and what's crazy, Paul, is Patrick Mahomes is set to become the youngest quarterback to start multiple big games. That's insane. And I think – you know, we just have to really cherish this moment that this player is so young and he's so good. And he is probably already the face of the NFL for years to come, barring anything crazy or somebody else giving him that competition. Just in a few brief words, kind of just talk about him and how excited you are for him as a player, because obviously you're wearing the Patrick Mahomes white jersey. Well, it's it's truly incredible what's you know coming from me as a Chiefs fan it's different than you know obviously obviously um I love Mahomes but it's it, people need to like step back and to realize how truly incredible it's been these past few years to start his career I mean this this is probably the best start to a career in almost any sport he, if you watch him play, he's absolutely dominant. He is, if you haven't thought by now, he is the best quarterback in the league. He is the best player in the league. I know ESPN ranked him third uh, this year behind Lamar Jackson. He is the perennial number one player in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. He does everything. He is a winner. You know, there's there's so much we can we can say about it. And I remember, I remember the day we drafted him. Um, you know, I knew about him, watched his highlights in college and stuff. Never, never thought it would truly be something like this, but I remember that first, uh, preseason game that he played in and he dropped back and ran out of the pocket and threw a dime to, uh, Tyreek in the end zone. I was like, that, that was incredible. Like that was something, it was something that you've, you've grown accustomed to over the last few years. But he he did it in his first game. You know, he did it from the second he started on the field. And I think this the year sitting behind Alex Smith was huge for him too. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith is a winner. He um he definitely taught him a ton. See, so got to sit there and watch Andy Reid for a bit. And you know, he did start one game that season. He started Week 17 after we already clinched a playoff spot, and he threw no threw no no touchdowns and one interception. Did not have a great game against the Broncos. Uh, I think that year, if he was thrown in to, to being the quarterback from day one that we drafted him, the beginning of 2017, I I don't think he has as big of a career as he has. I think the sitting behind Alex Smith that year was huge for him. He learned how to be a pro. He had unbelievable talent. There's no doubt about that. He's got uh, probably the he's the most talented quarterback in NFL history. I would say the most talented. Um, not necessarily the best, obviously he's only been in the league for three years, but he's the most talented with everything that he can do. He can, he can take over a game in any way possible. And, you know, it's just, it's been incredible. It's been so much fun. I, you know, I've had, I've had the privilege to be able to watch every single game that he's played in so far in his career. And it's truly just fun to watch. You know, it's, uh, it's it's just really incredible. It's difficult to explain, but unless you actually like, unless you just watch him play, he's just he's just that good. 
That's beautifully said, Paul. I think too another thing about him is that he's very classy as well. You know, he's not a guy that gets into trouble. I agree with everything you said except for one thing, which is a debate that um, you know, we'll have another day. But um I think you said that absolutely great because he really is the definition of the franchise quarterback that you want to have. But let's get back to um the timeline here for this game. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, guys, history is telling us to bet against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes today because the last three times a wild card team has played against the number one seed in the Super Bowl, the wild card team won. It was the Packers in 2010, the Giants in 07, and the Steelers in 06. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And the Bucks run this year as a wild card team is very reminiscent of what the Giants did in 2011 because they had that huge touchdown at the end of the half in the divisional round game by Scotty Miller, very reminiscent of Hakeem Nicks. I mean, thing, things are just stacking up and, and like saying, wow, like, yeah, the Chiefs are favored, but history is telling us to pick the Bucks. And since 2010, the team that wears the white jerseys are eight and three. The Bucks will be wearing white today. Mm. I didn't get that stat from, uh, I believe, it was JPA football. So they're definitely excellent. But um, Hank says, uh, would you guys agree that if, oh yeah, <laughs> if he wins back to backs, it's time to start giving Andy Reid the credit where credit is due as a legendary oh, coach. I th- I already think he is. Yeah. 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 I already think he is. And Paul brought it up earlier. Yes, Andy Reid gets a lot of credit for Patrick Mahomes, but he doesn't get the full credit. You have to give some of that credit to Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes himself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a combination of so many different things. That's the way I, I look at that. But let's transition into our keys of the game. And, um, you know, Kyle, I kind of want to start with you. I mean, my first key to the game is pressuring Patrick Mahomes. I think that's what Tampa Bay has to do. That's huge. JPP and Shaq Barrett are going up against Mike Remmers and Andrew Wiley. I think that's the one advantage they have in this game, a clear advantage. Um, so I think that's going to be big. However, history shown Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback on the pressure since 2018. Uh, and then in week 12, when they played, Mahomes went off against them. He threw for 460 yards and three touchdowns. So I think pressuring Patrick Mahomes is key but they can't give up 450 yards again. Yeah, that, that that's obviously a major key, but I think one of the bigger keys in this uh, for Tampa essentially is that they have to they have to be ignited the entire four quarters because like Paul alluded to earlier, I think you said this, Paul, they basically, the, the first almost three quarters of that Super Bowl last year, they didn't play, and then in the fourth quarter, they blew up for 21 points, and that's how they won the game ultimately. Yeah. And they were playing against Jimmy Garoppolo. This is not Jimmy Garoppolo. This is, this is Tom Brady. So Tom Brady has to go full force offensively the entirety of this game in order to keep it because I think we could all agree that these guys are capable of each dropping a tremendous amount of points on the board at the end of the day. No matter how great these defenses are, which I think we could all agree with, these quarterbacks are each capable of dropping three-plus touchdowns in this game today when all is said is done by themselves. That is essentially the key for me is that Tom Brady – because, again, we look at it two weeks ago against Green Bay, played a beautiful two-quarters – but if they lost that game, it would have been on him because of that second-half performance in which he threw three interceptions. So as great as the defense was, Tom Brady himself almost blew that game. And when it came down to the wire, you know, Tom Brady did his Tom Brady thing, got the first down uh, to win the football game and seal the deal. You can't have that type of leisure against this Kansas City team. They, they will not allow you to turn the ball over three times and you'll still come out with the victory. You have to put points on the board early. You have to win time and possession early. You have to make Patrick Mahomes feel pressured. And even when he's pressured, he still has ridiculous accuracy. Yeah. But you have to pressure him. That's because, again, I, the turf toe injury, he says he's 100%, but that's also a huge factor in his ability to scramble in the pocket as well. Um, so that's my key to the game is you got to score early. You got to score early. You cannot go quarters without doing anything. James, what do you think? Keys to the game. Well, I look at it in two different ways. Um, with JPP line, lining up against Remmers, he should have a pretty monstrous day. I mean, he's shown this season that he's had a pretty good season. Um, I'm looking for him to have at least two to three sacks. I know that's going out on a limb, but I, I would see that. And I also think another key is 
if Patrick Mahomes is able to scramble and do his thing, how many receiving yards is Travis Kelsey going to have? Because we know that between Hill and Travis Kelsey are his two main kind of guys. If Tampa Bay is able to lock down Travis Kelsey, it's going to be quite difficult for some of the, in a sense, short yardage gain, but also some of the balls over the middle that Travis Kelsey also receives. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how they do. I also think it depends on Pat Mahomes. If he's willing to risk it all like he did for that first down and get a concussion or whatever, or a neck sprain or whatever it came out to be, I mean, I would imagine he's going to risk it all, but is he going to do it that early in the game where it could possibly pull him from the game, say, in the first or second quarter? Paul, what do you what do you got for us? Well, I think that's a good point. I think that the key to the game for the Buccaneers in order to slow down Mahomes is going to have to be their linebackers, like I alluded to before. Levante David is going to have to cover Travis Kelsey a ton. They're going to have to be able to keep up with them. I'm not too sure the Buccaneers' secondary will be able to keep up with the Chiefs' receivers a ton. That's what I think it's going to be high scoring, though. I think that the Chiefs' defense is going to have a difficult time, too, with the and vice versa. So I think... It's it's a mixture of things. It's going to be a shootout. This is going to be a different Super Bowl than uh than last year, without a doubt. You know, the 49ers defense was completely different, and the Chiefs defense came up huge. I think this is going to be a much bigger game focused on the quarterbacks and the offense rather than you know defenses being able to stop them because these could be the two best quarterbacks we've ever seen play the game you know it's difficult to tell right now tom brady is the best difficult to tell with the mahomes obviously it's only three years into his career but i you know it's going to be a shootout and it's going to have to be scoring and to see if the buccaneers can you know can stop uh the passing the passing game without a doubt i think for me too yeah i agree with jason uh he could attack the buck secondary with confidence with Although Sean Murphy bunting has been very impressive in these playoffs with the three picks. Uh, thank you a lot for the comment, Jason. Um, I think, too, containing Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had over 200 receiving yards against the Bucks in the first quarter back in Week 12. That You can't let that happen. And you have to establish the run with Leonard Fournette. Only three touches in Week 12 for 10 yards. I know he wasn't the primary back by then, but if you do that, you keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And you can set up the passing game a little bit where Gronk had over 100 yards against the Chiefs. And then Mike Evans also had two touchdowns. And we kind of look at these old lines. They're very similar. Uh, I kind of did the analytics of the offensive line. Both offensive lines have an average height of 6'4". The Chiefs' average weight is 307 pounds. For the Bucks, it's 319. So the Bucks have a little advantage weight-wise. Not that that means much, but I think the I'd rather go into this game with the Bucks offensive line than the Chiefs offensive line, only for the reasoning that uh, they've been together majority of the season. They really haven't had a significant injury, as where the Chiefs have kind of been shuffling. You know, I, I look at this offensive line and kind of what you know we we've seen Wiley at right tackle. He's not very experienced there. I remember he had to get oxygen for altitude in Denver last year remmers at left tackle he's on the wrong side of 30 and then um nick allegretti as well but i I think the chiefs are in pretty decent shape i don't think it'll be but then again for the chiefs you got to protect patrick mahomes you have three bucks players with at least eight sacks uh keep the same approach with Brady that you did I, i don't think this super bowl is as much brady versus mahomes as people are making out to be i think it's brady against the Chiefs defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo. I think the Chiefs Mm -hmm. have the advantage coaching-wise in this game all across the board, not to mention their defensive back coaches. Dave Merritt was the Giants DB coach in 42. Sam Madison, Chiefs current – Paul, I think he's their DB secondary coach. Yeah, he's a secondary coach. He was a Giants DB in 42, so it's very, very similar. I mean, you mentioned it too, the Honey Badger, Tyran Matthews, six picks – Daniel Sorensen and rookie Legarius Need had three picks in only nine games. Yeah. So that's definitely um, – Legarius Sneed did clear concussion protocol, which is great for um, Kansas City. And then Mahomes' toe close to 100%. So those are my keys to the game. Um, 
you know, quickly, uh, we have a comment from James, our buddy Kyle Earhart. The Bucks yep. can't stop Kill and Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey, it's near impossible. If the Bucks can't get a good pass rush from Basham and JPP, uh, Basham, I think he's talking about Barrett, maybe. Uh, it might be a long day for the defense. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I think that's perfectly said. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, real quickly here, one player to watch for each of us before we get into our game predictions. Kyle, we'll start with you. One player to watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little curveball. My player to watch is going to be Indomik and Sue because he's quietly had a great season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers along the likes of other great players on the defensive side of the ball. Right up the middle is the defensive tackle. Can potentially take advantage of this offensive line for Kansas City as they have to worry about pass rushers coming on both sides at Patrick Mahomes. He has the ability to run right up the middle. He had six sacks this season as well. This is his second year now with Tampa. He has Super Bowl experience. He's been one of the best defensive players in football since entering the league. That's my player to watch out on Tampa. For Kansas City, Kansas City, I think my biggest player potentially to watch out for um, is Sammy Watkins. You know, his his presence when he's on the field, he, he's a difference maker. As much as that sounds like uh, kind of a question, knowing that they have so many difference makers, he's going to be the guy that's going to be the benefactor off the fact that they are going to have to double coverage, essentially, a Tyree kill to prevent him from going for 100-plus yards. Travis Kelsey as well, not being able to necessarily be able to contain him. And Sammy Watkins being that open receiver on the field for those first down plays, if he's healthy, which he is, that he's going to be a huge factor in terms of if the Kansas City Chiefs are able to win this game. Uh, that's that's my X factor. That's my players to watch, my player to watch. Agreed. Uh, who's, who's, who's next? Um, I'll go. I think that the Chiefs – for the players to watch, I'm going to go with Daryl Williams, like I said before. Um, I think like how Damian Williams had a huge year last year in the Super Bowl um, with three touchdowns. I think that Daryl Williams could be an X factor. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to get a lot of touches. Le'Veon's going to get some touches, but the run game is definitely going to be is something that the Buccaneers aren't as focused on because the passing, because they're going to have to, you know, the passing is so elite and the running backs aren't as great. They're definitely not going to rely on the running backs. I think that Daryl Williams is, could be a, a do could be a guy who has a big game and yeah. ends up, you know, scoring a couple of touchdowns. And for the Buccaneers, I think Rob Gronkowski, I, I think big players make big plays in big games and Gronkowski is one of the best tight ends ever. I think that he can come up big. You know, Brady and Gronk have that have that amazing connection, especially in big games. Uh, you know, thinking back to the 2018 or you know 2019 AFC Championship, Patriots versus Chiefs. You know, he he came up huge. He comes up huge in big games whenever they need him. Uh, you know, I think besides Godwin and Evans, Antonio Brown. And all the guys that everyone's focused on, I think Gronk. Obviously, Gronk's a big name, but he could be he could be a player that ends up having a huge game. I like that. I like the Gronk pick too. For me, it's Devin White for Tampa Bay. Guy's been causing turnovers all these playoffs. He's been excellent. He's probably the best player on their defense, in my opinion. Um, and then for Kansas City, uh, my player to watch is Legarius Sneed. He is a young rookie who's been outstanding all, all year long with those three picks. So um, we went over that quick, brief rundown of the injury report. All the good um, star players, key players are expected, to, are expected to play. Mahomes is good. Watkins is questionable, but he will play limited in practice all week. Antonio Brown and Cameron Brate are questionable for the Bucks, but they're expected to play. The only significant name besides Eric Fisher that is out for the Chiefs is Willie Gay Jr. due to a torn meniscus. So... With that being said, let's make our game predictions and MVP predictions. So, um, James, I'll let you go first. Well, this is probably not going to shock the world. Uh, I'm going to go to Kansas City. And my final score was um, 37-31, and the MVP would be Travis Kelsey. 
Um, but if the Bucks do win, I'm hoping JPP comes up as that MVP uh, just because he's a former Giant and he's played well this season. But that's my prediction. I like it. Paul, who do you got? Obviously, got to go with the Chiefs. Got, um, I take them 41 to 38, and I'm going to have Patrick Mahomes win his second straight MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Um, we're going to run it back this year, I think, and, you know, give us our third championship. I, I truly believe that uh, they're the better team, and, you know, they're going to get it done. Kyle. I'm going with Kansas City. I'm picking them 35 to 31. I got Patrick Mahomes because if he's not performing, then nobody is. So he's the MVP on this team. Okay. Who'd you pick? Kansas City. Oh, okay. So hold on, James. Piggybacking yeah. off that thought. James, back on our show back in September, you had the Chiefs beating the Bucks. Congratulations to you. That's still intact. Thank you. Kyle Russo's analogy back on September 9th may surprise some of you here. Boys, you guys are pulling out the big guns for me right now. This is amazing. Oh, no. Oh, uh, Tom, take out your uh, headphones. Hold on. Let's uh, let's. Let's let's play this through the uh, the video clip that I had because the audio might not be working. Here we go. At their home stadium for the Super Bowl and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm alluding to. And I think oh, this would be such a legendary matchup. I think Tampa wins the Super Bowl. I think Tampa wins the Super Bowl. Well, let, you, let me just put it out. Hmm. Wow. Kyle, do you have anything to say? I was, you know what it is? Uh, here we go. I really want to win quick pick so badly. <laughs> I, I don't want to lose. <laughs> At the end of the day, I am I'm rooting for Tampa to win. I really do hope they win because again, as much as we as Giants fans may knock Tom Brady, uh, we're witnessing history here. I think if Tom Brady wins today, he's the solidified greatest athlete to ever grace, you know, the history mm-hmm. of sports. Forget about football. I think he's eclipses Michael Jordan, eclipses Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, and what they've done in their respective for- sports. He's the greatest of all time. I'd love to see them win, but again, Patrick Mahomes is becoming that guy that Tom Brady has been for so many years where it's been, how do you bet against this guy? He's a younger guy. He's had experience with this team. This is Tom Brady's first year with this team, even though he's had a lot of success so far. I think in terms of experience and being there with this solidified team is, Paul, they returned, what, 20 of the 22 starters from last year's Super Bowl team? Yeah. Got to go with Patrick Mahomes and experience in that case. I'm rooting for Tampa, though. I'm rooting for Tampa, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So let me put this in, 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 into perspective. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. You guys know that. I'm also a big Steve Spagnuolo fan. I'm a big Jason Pierre-Paul fan. I like Mike Rem. Look, there's guys on both sides of the ball, and history tells us that uh, the Chiefs are going to have trouble going back-to-back. But at the same time, Paul brought up a good analogy before. No one's ever won seven rings in, in their professional sport so it's going to be very and at least in the big four so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here so look similar to kyle i decided i want the bucks to win this game and i truly think that everyone is underrating the bucks in this game i think they have a lot of good holes however i'm picking kansas city to win as well that might surprise some of you here kansas city is going to win not because of Patrick Mahomes because of their defense. Their defense that is going to do a good job, stop the run, and not let any Bucks receiver go over 100 yards. I think the Chiefs are going to win the game by a final of 30 to 27. Book it. Like it. All four. So, Paul, uh, I know you have to run here. Anything you'd like to add? I just, you know, just hope everybody enjoys the Super Bowl. It's it's going to be a great game regardless of who wins. You know, it's going to – I definitely think it's going to come down to the end. And here's hoping that we can win back-to-back. I, I really hope so. It's going to be it's going to be a fun night for sure, regardless of what, of what the outcome is. Oh, for sure. Paul, I hope you enjoy the game, and I hope 
for you that the Chiefs are able to win back-to-back. So that would be an awesome feat to accomplish. And I want to thank you a lot for joining us. And make sure to check out Paul Lombardi tomorrow at 6 p.m. on the 3 and D basketball show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully the Chiefs will be victorious so you can celebrate that on your show. Thank you. Yeah, Brian. exactly. Hopefully we'll talk a lot of college basketball tomorrow. And, you know, hopefully I'll be in a good mood since the Chief, if the Chiefs have their second straight championship. That'd be fantastic. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Peace, Paul. That was Paul Lombardi. And a couple of final things. What an excellent show we had today. Uh, One hour plus. Just a couple of more things that I wanted to go over. Uh, The weekend will be performing at halftime. I I personally think that last year's halftime show was really hard to beat. I don't know what you guys think. If you had, like, a favorite halftime show. Um, that you've seen, that you've—that's why it's hard. That's why it's hard. Since I've, since I've really watched football and really paid attention to it, I can't really remember one that was like so spectacular. I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm looking forward to the weekend a lot. He's uh, he spent seven million dollars of his own money yep. to make to make the show how he envisioned it. So I'm I am ecstatic to see what that means onto the actual you know side of the stage thing itself. Yep. I can't wait for that. I think it's I think it's going to be really. I think it's been kind of underrated as it's been talked about because of how hyped up the quarterback situation is. I think that's going to be also really entertaining to watch. Uh yeah. Jason brings up a good one, the Bruno Mars and Beyonce one. That'd probably be my favorite one. I'm a big, I'm a big Bruno guy. I'm a big yeah. Bruno guy. I, I like that one. I was I was gonna roll with like the Travis Scott one, but that was disappointing. Uh, I know the Lady Gaga one. That was God. That was, that was that was that was something. But yeah, I'd probably roll with that one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Monty, you know, each year just blows me out of the water on the different things they do. They're able to do. I don't know. Last year was just like it was big. Yeah. So. If Bruno, if uh, I don't know why I said Bruno, um, if uh, the weekend's putting in, <laughs> if the weekend's, <laughs> if, the, if the weekend's putting in seven million dollars of his own money to make the show what he wants it to be, I want to see who comes out on stage with him. That's, that's so going to be interesting. That's so true. Yeah, so that's definitely um, an interesting analogy from Andy there in the comment section. But last thing, favorite food. And or beverage. I'll shoot. Uh, so favorite food every single year since as long as I can remember, my family always orders this massive hero that, that's got the American flair. We got the Italian flair. And you go into a food coma before halftime, it's over. That's it. But that that's probably in terms of food, that's my favorite because that's something that's notoriously been a part of my Super Bowl uh, since I can remember. So that's that's my food. Beverage. I'm a water guy. I'm a water guy. I'm only 20 guys. I don't, I don't, I don't got, I'm only 20. So I'm, I'm water. Water is my, my go-to. James. So for years when I was younger, we always had Chinese food. It was whatever made it. it, I don't know what started as far as I can remember. It was always Chinese food, which I loved. It was, it was something different, not the ordinary um, pizza wings, all that good stuff. Um, but now since obviously things change, I'm not home to watch the Super Bowl as much, whatever. Potato skins are pretty good. Um, I do have to admit, Russo, give me your address. I'm coming over today watching the Super Bowl at your house. We got um, room. We have room. But it, it, I, I would go with potato skins and um, and wings. I forget you guys are only like 15, 20 minutes apart in distance. So you could actually pull that off if you wanted. <laughs> oh, a uh, drink would be uh, Corona. Big okay. Corona guy. Pizza and wings. Uh, that's a tough one to follow. I like wings too. That's actually what I had last year, pizza and wings. Um, yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah, I- I'm going to have to go with just like – you know, I, I mean, I said this last night on the brew party, so I should probably just say it. I mean, I like wings, too. That's probably my number one. But um, a nice burger is not bad. Like, it's just a nice uh, – yeah. you know, uh, and then for beverage, um, you know what? I mean, 
kind of a ginger ale guy, kind of kind of old, old school. Um, I mean, James, you brought uh, Corona's a, a nice one as well. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Not really. Um, I mean, Bailey's is good too. So sometimes mm. I'll have that. But uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, and the snow is picking up here. Jeez, uh, yeah, it is blowing oh, into my window. So on that note, just wanted to uh, thank both of you very much for joining me. <laughs> Here today, along with Paul Lombardi and Gabe Flayton, they were both excellent. Make sure to go hop over to JDF Sports now on Facebook Live. If you haven't already, they are live from 11. They're probably going to go till about probably past 12. So make sure to go check them out. And they're Super Bowl special at JDF Sports. Kylan James, thank you very much. Thank you for having us. It was fun. This was an excellent show. So on behalf of both of you, Paul Lombardi, Gabe Flayton, Tom Scavetta saying so long. You've been watching the Review and Preview Super Bowl kickoff show here on Facebook Live. Enjoy the big game, everybody. Have a good one.